Good afternoon, everybody. It's great to be back at Interact. I'm joined by Don Bulens. And following on Noam's uh, discussion this morning, we thought it'd be fun to sit down with Don, who's actually been a multi-time CEO partner to founders. Right. And, uh, Thank you, Michael. Hope you're having it's some great fun. Great to be something. here Good. at Interact. Um, what we thought we'd do is just start off with the obvious question, which is how many times have you done this and what have been the different experiences here? So I've uh, joined a founding team four times. Uh, and uh, from, uh, and they were Radnet, Trellix, Equalogic, and now uh, with you uh, and with the team at Unidesk. Uh, and you know, I think that one, one thing that's been common in each of them and very important to me, and I think particularly important to the founders, is uh, that I've, as through the process of interacting with the team and considering the opportunity, I developed a real passion for what the company was doing and what the founders' vision right. was. Uh, and that passion is what really inspired us to create the connection to become partners in, uh, in each of these different companies. If you look at the companies that are really successful, they almost invariably keep the founders all the way through. Right. And so I'm a big believer in it personally. But that's not easy. So what is it that you've done to actually make that work day to day? Because it's, it's all great to have the you know, shared vision, but there's a lot of work, as you know, in, in making this work on a Well, there's a tremendous, yes, absolutely. There's a tremendous amount of work, and, it, and it's work among all parties. Right. Uh, it takes active work by the person joining. Uh, and in fact, in one case, I joined a company where there had been a CEO who had been brought in with sponsorship by the investors. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually, the, the, that CEO experienced organ rejection right. uh, for a lack of working together with the team right. to sort through what value can I bring, but what value is already resident, and how can we enhance that value? So uh, a big part of answering your question, a big part of, of the challenge is sorting out through the process of joining the team and then as part of becoming part of the team and the early work with the team is finding the places where I can benefit from what's already present yep. uh, and try to find out where I can enhance uh, the things that everybody else on the team is really, really good at, not just coming in from central casting with a playbook saying, right. this is how right. we're going to do things. Uh, it takes time. It's a real process. It's not something that happens overnight. Yeah. Well, I must say, I've, I really compliment you. I see it every time I'm with you at, at Unidesk and how you do this with Chris, is you always find a way to put him in his best light, which right. I think is a key to this. But th there's a piece of this that I know goes beyond just the sort of thoughtfulness that you have. It's, it's cultural. Uh, and I know you pay a lot of attention to culture. Can you talk a little bit about how that mix comes together with the founder? There are times when, you know, there may, the reason for joining is to try to help the company to scale beyond what it has achieved already on its own. Uh, or maybe, you know, things aren't going quite as well as everyone would like. Yep. Uh, but there always is a core culture that exists. And so you can't manufacture a culture coming exactly. stepping in from the outside. You have to be tuned into what the culture is at that organization and try to find ways to enhance it. But again, it's really not something that can happen with a snap of the fingers. You, you have, have to immerse yourself a bit into that culture and again, enhance the things that are really special and wonderful about it, respecting 
what the founders bring because they are the heart and soul of that company. They Absolutely. really are That's where it. the vision has originated yep. and where it has to be sustained. Uh, so it's a really careful thing that you have to do. Uh, and you want to amplify it and hope that you can bring new dimensions to the culture that are going to help it be more successful. And if you were to compare and contrast, for example, your experience at Ecologic with Polar and now with you know, Chris at Unidesk, what were some of the things that you had to do differently to you know, adapt and fit with the differing cultures there? You know, at Equalogic, uh, Equalogic was already on a path for pretty good growth. Yeah. And so the key thing we had to think about there was how we scaled a tremendous culture mm -hmm. because the company had grown from a small number of people to about 100 when I joined. And in two years, we were 350 people. And so there we had to all work together and think about how are we going to keep this place special right, uh, right. through this growth as we're adding new people who weren't part of really getting us off the ground right. uh, but had to carry us forward. At, at When I joined Unidesk, what was different was we were pre-revenue and uh, we had a very small team yep. and there the challenge, and, and by the way, we also had some challenges uh, with our product and with our first foray into the market. So there, rather than focusing on, okay, how do we scale this culture and how do we work together and how do our roles evolve yep. uh, with growth to how are we going to deal with these challenges that we have? Yep. Uh, how are we going to get everyone aligned around addressing them and not have people feel really bad yep. about the things that are going wrong? Because uh, if you you can, that can really uh, suck life out of an organization when you hit some of those key stumbling points uh, in the evolution. You know, we're not all up and to the right yeah. uh, with these companies. Really, I wish, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> if, if only it were so. Yeah. But actually, that's where culture gets built in many times is in how you deal with the tough situations. Yeah, for sure. What doesn't kill you for makes sure. you stronger in a team. And you know, the first uh, two companies I was CEO of were not successful. Yeah. Um, one sold for assets and one sold for about 30 cents on the invested dollar. However, both of them were the culture of the companies and how the teams felt about what we were doing yeah. and the passion that we had for what we were doing was exceptionally strong. And I have just as good relationships in spite of those business failures for what we were able to do together. And I think that's the true test of a team and how they work together is if you can feel great even about a failed company situation because that's just how it is you know not yeah, all of these things gonna are going to be successes right, yeah. uh, yet we're going to learn uh, from them and if we can learn and grow together and and end up with a respectful relationship even in the face of failure right, right. Uh, I think it speaks volumes to the people who are involved and the investors who have supported that company even well, you have that time. you have that reputation. So you know, hats off to you for doing it. And I often say, actually, I think we learn more in our failure than we do in our success. Uh, for sure. As, as I certainly experienced myself early yeah. on in my life. Yeah. Uh, so it's great that you feel it that way. So obviously, we've got a lot of CEOs here today, a lot right. of founders. You know, what what would you say to the founders as to how they should think about you know pairing up, and what would you say to the potential incoming CEOs? What I, the most important thing I think is making sure, and this is for both parties. This speaks yeah. to both parties. If there is not a common grounding in passion yeah. for the vision 
of the company mm -hmm. and respect for the people who made the company what it is, uh, there, there's not a good fit. There's yeah. an awful lot of times where and, people will... Would you, would you add culture into that? For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yes, absolutely. Culture yeah. is a, a big part of that because you've got to be aligned around culture. Yeah. Uh, yeah but you've also got to be aligned around who are the customers we're serving, yep. what is our product or service or offering doing in the market, and how do we feel, does it make us feel really excited yep. and give a, you know, send chills up our spine? Right. Because if not, and if it's just, hey, this is a profit-seeking opportunity, it's not gonna work, and yep. it's not gonna sustain, yep. and things are gonna fall apart. And so I think that that's the most important thing, you know, a common grounding in tremendous passion for what this company is doing, and tremendous respect both ways yep. for uh, what people are gonna bring to the table. So then splitting it out for uh, founding teams, you know, there are some who wanna hang on too long and uh, you know, feel like they want to scale. It's really going to be a validation of them and their mm -hmm. career mm -hmm. for them to take the company as far as possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing that I would say is if you can find great people who can help you and enhance everything uh, that you're trying to do, uh, go and get that because if you have a great relationship with that person, that person is going to help you to grow in the way you want and, and going to help you to be successful. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that was a process actually in a couple of times when I was going through, you know, in the case of Chris, yeah. Chris wanted a partner. Yeah, he did. He really did. He yeah. knew that it was his job to get the company to a certain point, but he wanted a partner to come in yeah. and help him to scale and to grow the team. Uh, but there are other times when people are resistant. I'd say don't don't do that because you can really do all, accomplish all the things that you want while having a partner uh, join you. For people considering opportunities as uh, as a potential partner, uh, whether it's CEO or some other functional yeah, role where you're joining. Aaron talk about having a box COO right. come in, which is of course another way of looking at that. Yeah, yep, for sure. Yeah, there are different there, there are different models for this uh, for sure. Uh, and that's a great model. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that I would say to the, you know, the person, the the person coming from central casting, yeah. uh, if you will, you know, the the serial CEO or the serial COO, the thing that I would say is that really focus. Two things. One is I just emphasize again: Are you dialed in with the passion of what these people are doing? So it's the other if side not, of the coin. It's not going to, yeah, the other side of the coin. Yeah. The other thing that I would say, and at least a rule for me, is if I can't get my head around what is my, you know, in a mini plan, what is my plan going to be? Yep. How am I going to come in and bring this company to a next level yep. beyond what it is envisioned itself? I want to get out quickly. Yep. Um, and, you know, in between my first couple of CEO, uh, roles, I didn't always do that and I would go too long through a process and almost torture the team because they kind of wanted to work with me, the investors kind of wanted to work with me, but I couldn't get my head around how am I going to have a meaningful role here yeah. and make a difference for this company. Yeah. And I think that that's crucial because we are tested from the moment, while we're going through the process, but then for sure by the Founders yeah, will join the teams. You. Yeah, all eyes are on you. Yeah. And so, if you don't, 
if you don't have the ability to hit the ground running and you think, well, I'll learn on the fly, I'll yeah. get there on the job, it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's so well said. Well, this was great, Don. Thank you very much for well, sharing this wisdom. Well, thank you, Michael. Great to have you. Great to be here. Take care. Thanks.